Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Indeed, indeed. Welcome to Rescue Radio. This is Margie. And uh, yeah, that war for our souls is quite subtle, but uh, in, in insidious. And tonight, um, we're going to be talking about some of those recent developments and deceptions. But before we do that, let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are faithful, that you are good, and that you are with us in all of these things, and that you are very uh, kind, gracious, generous, full of grace and tender mercy. And you want your people to be informed, to be aware, to know what's going on. We thank you that your word is extremely accurate, full of the promises and full of the prophetic words. So tonight, Lord, I pray that you give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the instruction of your Holy Spirit. We thank you for our guests who are going to be joining us, Bruce and Marianne. And Father God, I pray that you'd also anoint them with an incredible understanding, as you already have, to bring us to a deeper, simplified, but deeper revelation, profound understanding of what is going on. And thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayer, for covering us with your blood and protecting us with your protection. Father God, we ask these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, Hey, Bruce, Marianne, are you there? We're here. Okay, I'd like to introduce our our audience to uh, Bruce and Marianne Curtis uh, out of, is it Kansas? We are. We're near Lawrence, Kansas, near the university. Okay. And we have an organic... Tell me a little bit about yourselves, you guys. Okay. Well, we have an organic orchard and farm where we live outside of Lawrence, Kansas. And we uh, have uh, been working in the health field for a long period of time. Marianne, in particular, has studied uh, Chinese medicine, has been a practitioner for over 20 years and I've been a minister teaching the Word as a servant of the Word for over 30 years. And so together we bring uh, many gifts that the Lord has favored us with. Uh, in particular now, as things are heating up around the world, we're focusing a lot more on radio and writing and teaching as we've done in the past where we did a lot of workshops. Uh-huh. But right now we're trying to establish a little outpost that will be a, work, a, a worship center, a healing center, a uh, a workshop center where people can come and study the word and better understand how to have a serious walk with Christ and yeah. to really uh, not be not be found um, or how should we put it not yeah pulled, pulled over their eyes because that's yeah. what this is yeah, all about spiritual warfare mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Hey. So um, we could talk a know, lot about ourselves, but we know we've traveled the world. We've done. War, uh, we've okay. taught the word in Russia, in Scotland, in England, on the mm-hmm. radio with the BBC in Ireland. We've done conferences and lo- organized in London on the dangers of genetically modifying God's creation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done a lot of things, but it's not about us. Yeah. Like, just like the Apostle Paul, he had all the best certification that you could get at that time, yeah. Yeah. and he 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 despised it. He, yeah. he said it was nothing compared to Christ. 
And so, you know, I, I do have two theological, uh, two master's degrees in theology, but they're mm-hmm. nothing compared mm-hmm. to the grace of being part of uh, the discipleship, following Christ. Yeah, and, that's, uh, a, that's it. And, you know, for tonight, I, we've picked out a pretty tough topic, and I know that you have, um, you know, expertise and information in areas all kinds of areas, but tonight we're going to be talking about, well, I kind of named our show um, Guess Who's Going to Hell, and you kind of retitled it. What did you want to call it, Bruce? I would like to say something like, which Christ is yours, or which Jesus are you following? Because the whole thing is not going to be so crude as to just uh, bring out a devil and have people bow down. What will be brought out will be, first of all, Winning over the heart and mind, because, you know, you so aptly put this with the, there's a war for your soul. Yeah. And what is the battlefield? The battlefield is the heart and the mind. The battlefield mm-hmm. is not going to be fought with, uh, with AK-47s, with weapons mm-hmm. of, yeah. of, uh, of material nature. The battlefield is the heart and mind of God's people. Yeah. So well, let's that's say, where we can win real. the war. Let's say a hi to Marianne, and then we're going to dive into the scripture. Hi, Marianne. Do you want to say anything or add anything to what Bruce has uh, already done to introduce you guys? Oh, I think it's I think it's fine. I think um, I've always um, loved Christ and the Father and their Holy Spirit, and I think my walk has been about deepening in the Word and and uh, praying that the eyes of my heart are enlightened mm-hmm. so that I know what His hope is for us. Yeah. So hopefully, maybe we can bring some of that wisdom forward oh. because that is close and near to my heart. Is that yeah. there's a battle waging? There is and truly a battle going on. Yeah. That we're just dead in our sins and we don't even realize it, even if we're following Christ. Yeah. Well, you know, there is a lot of subtle deception, and the enemy is very witty and clever and insidious. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, of course, don't like to talk about the devil because they think somehow that takes mm-hmm. away from the power of Christ. But the very point is. Jesus Christ would never have even had to come here if it hadn't been that there's a devil and he, he'd come, Jesus came to rescue us from our sins and from the lies. And I, I just want to start out with a scripture tonight that I think is pretty appropriate for talking about this end days deception. And believe you me, the whole uh, prophetic word towards the, of what Jesus is talking about at the end, there's just, he's, the first word was, do not be deceived. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. That's Matthew 24, 4, and 5. So the very first words that Jesus leads into this end days discussion with are the, 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 the danger of being deceived. So tonight, I'm hoping that we will um, help it to become more clear to people. The word, um, so that's the verse I want to start with in Matthew 24, where Jesus said, Do not be deceived. Many will come in my name. So what does that mean, Bruce? Does that mean um, there's more than one Jesus out there, or what? Well, there are many Jesuses, but there's only one Jesus Christ. There's only one living Christ, and the Son of God, the Lord, the King of Kings. Mm-hmm. But when I say there are many Jesuses, that is because we are capable in our mind of creating a graven image. We are capable in our mind of creating a falsehood and yeah. then reifying that falsehood. That is to say, giving that falsehood an existence, a life, yeah. a reality. Mm-hmm. And that is well, the that's big what danger. They, isn't that what they did throughout the Old Old Testament? They they made the sticks and stones, they gave them a personality, they gave them names, they gave them a story, they gave them history, and then they worshipped them, whether it was Zeus or Isis or whoever it was. Um, and so now it, it's interesting that as we talk about the end times, 
you guys, we're talking about an anti-Christ coming, as if there's some force, power, dark, evil thing out there that wants to usurp or take the place of Christ himself, of Jesus Christ, because he has the eminence, you know, he has the kingdom. Um, the kingdom belongs to him and it will be re- restored to him someday. The kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our Lord and Christ, and he will reign as king forever. And I think that's why Satan is trying to, to usurp the authority, and he uses even the name, um, or we refer to him as an antichrist. Can you talk a little bit about how, where does that take you in terms of your thoughts um, with what the people need to, to understand in terms of this last day's deception and the false Jesuses, etc.? Well, yes, it's the only way to make this an effective uh, finesse to take God's people mm-hmm. and to lead them to the wrong uh, source to worship would be to put someone off as an imposter. And that is exactly what we're facing, is will be the gradual lead-in until Satan himself is cast from heaven and has to come down here and be who he is, only he will be given the mind of a beast just as Nebuchadnezzar was cast into the uh, wilderness and given the mind of a beast. So well, when you say, wait, will be... When you say, I, I'm, I'm, I want to clarify here, make sure I understand. When, when, this, this, when Satan comes cast as, as the Christ, does that mean he's going to come to take a position that looks like uh, Christ, a religious leader? Um, what, what is he doing? Yeah, we're going to have religious leaders Mm-hmm. You know, and this brings one of the favorite scriptures that we were talking about together, Second uh, Corinthians 11, mm-hmm. where we see that Satan keeps transforming himself into an angel of light. Yeah. Um, and, and that means that it takes a high level of discernment mm-hmm. to tell whether we are dealing with the true article, right. the Son of God, or are we dealing with an imposter? Mm-hmm. Now, when it comes yeah. to man, the man of, of lawlessness, mm-hmm. which is another figure that we see mentioned in Thessalonians in yeah. Paul's epistle, yeah. this is a man who will believe that he has the spirit of Christ inside of him. Yeah, well, let me will... read that. Yeah, I'll, that's oh, Second Thessalonians. And you can continue. That is Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and that's a whole section in there. Um, and it says, um, now, verse 1 of Second Thessalonians 2, now, concer- brethren, Concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, we ask you not to soon be shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter, as if from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you. There's that word again. Uh, By any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or is worshipped so, as, so as that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So this imposter is going to come, sitting in the temple of God, and it goes on to say he's going to. Um, the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. And then the lawless one will, who is, will be revealed, whom, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous mm-hmm. deception in those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And I think that is a huge piece right there. They did not receive the love of the truth. They don't want to know. And going back to your scripture reference, just real quick, in Second mm-hmm. Corinthians, one of my favorites, 
uh, 11 where he says, and, and these are false apostles, deceitful mm-hmm. workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. For no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if his ministers also transform themselves into the ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. You know, I think that's the big, that's the big, um, the prize is to, for, for them to be able to usurp, come into the minds of people, take over, become Christ, slip in, look like Jesus, sound like Jesus, do the lying signs and wonders. And I'm, I'm afraid that um, the people who don't know the truth, the real Christ, are going to be deceived. Um, so what do you got to say about that? Well, that's true because they'll slip in very destructive teachings, very mm-hmm. corrupt teachings that will subtly, the way it's been done in the church in America mm-hmm is by bringing in various forms of the gospel that are not the gospel of Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. They're the prosperity gospel. They're yeah. the, uh, you know, all of these varieties of, well, uh, you know, of a gospel that is not the power of God for salvation. We're yeah. not here. This yeah. is not about the flesh. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. This is about God claiming his sons, those that have been born of his spirit, that he claims, and him redeeming them from this world of sin and death. And that is what people are under. People are under deep deception. They are under the powers of sin and death. And they need Christ to liberate them from that control. And it will not yeah. help to help ha- have the false Christ who yeah. is just making nice words and yeah, creating peace yeah, yeah. between everybody. And there's no power of God for salvation. Yeah, you know, that reminds me of the scripture um, just lost. It's second Tim- I think it's Second Timothy, isn't it, where he second talks Timothy. about... Yeah, I got to read that one. I just that's you know there's some verses that are just so incredibly four, charged. That's a, it's that's four a big, one. Yeah, that's a big verse. Yeah, let's see if I can find that four. What was the verse? A second Timothy. Second Timothy four one. Three one. Oh, okay four one. All right, I'll read that one. Find me the right. Oh no, wait spot. a minute. No, it's oh three yeah, one. there it is. <laughs> I you know um, but that's not. I wanted to the one where they're going to have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. Um, that's Second Timothy three one. Second Timothy three one. All right, I'll read it. Yeah, thanks. But knowing this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men. Yes, yeah, I think that's the truth. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. You know, even if she's reading through this list is enough to convince us that we're in those those days. I mean, everything he's nailing every single thing here. Mm-hmm. Unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors. I mean, you can we hear it on the news. We read it. We see it every day. Headstrong, haughty, lovers of the of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Here's the verse: having a form of godliness but denying its power, and from such pers- people turn away. For this is the sort that of those that creep turn that creep into households and make t- captives of gullible women, indeed loaded down with sins, led away by various lusts, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. This reminds me of those people now in the emergent church, and I think that's kind of on the same terms as the prosperity gospel. They're always discussing the truth. They're always, it's, well, what do you think it is? Well, we'll be tolerant of your view. Well, we'll, you know, we'll reshape the truth to fit, you know, so you're comfortable with it, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Yeah. And let's tie this into the... Um Let's tie this into 1 Timothy 4.1, which is the other one we were talking about, which says, I'll read that. However, 
the Spirit says definitely that in later periods of time, some will fall away from the faith, paying attention to misleading inspired utterances and teachings of demons by the hypocrisy of men who speak lies marked in their conscience as with a branding iron. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're talking about teachings of demons, this is serious business. And let me give you a perfect example of a teaching of demon, of a teaching of demon, a demon or demons, given early, early in the Bible, in Genesis chapter three. In Genesis chapter three, the serpent speaks to Eve and gives her a corrupt teaching. So there's yeah. a teaching of of demons right early on in Genesis, where he's telling her. She's not going to die. She's going to become like God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the branch of Christianity that is the fastest growing branch, which is a heresy that was named after a bishop in Rome, a bishop by the name of Arius, A-R-I-U-S, Arius. And it's mm-hmm. called the Arian heresy. And the Arian heresy basically denies the divinity of Christ. It says he wow. was a man who perfected himself. And that we can become like him, we can perfect ourselves. And this is the heresy that's at the heart of all of these churches. And whether you want to talk about the new thought churches, you know, Mm -hmm. um, the science of mind, new age age churches, new thought churches, all of these groups coming from the time of, uh, say, 1890 on to the present, it was all the Arian heresy, A-R-I-A-N, after Bishop Arius. And the Arian heresy denies the divinity of Christ. And the Mormon church is an example of a group that is, practices the, it's the fastest growing Arian heresy in the world and has tremendous wow. power. And they're broadcasting that same message. This is the same message Satan broadcast to Eve is mm-hmm. going widespread in the world today that you're not going to die. Your soul is immortal. Well, if Mm -hmm. your soul is immortal, why did Jesus say, I came that you might have life? Mm -hmm. Why do I need life? My soul is immortal. Mm -hmm. You know, that is the heresy. So people are living on that now. And, of course, in the Mormon church, you're married for eternity. And uh, the the thing about that is, why did Jesus say in heaven, men and women are not given in marriage, but they are like the angels? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Would all you, of the words of Christ are thrown out. People are disowning their owner. They are. Um, their owner, they are. Yeah. Uh, these are basically the teachings of demons that are coming through in a variety of ways. Well, you know, um, I think the going back to the divinity of Christ, that is that is uh, one of the critical elements of our faith is that Christ is both God and man, and that was essential. For to be able to die as a human for a human sin, but being God to atone fully in his in his um, holiness to complete the the works that that the law could not bring. But when you go back to this thing of self perfection, and um, it, it all goes back to the law. Every everything that's not the gospel of grace and Jesus Christ somehow links itself as the devil would have it, and all the devil's gospels somehow end up being works. They end up being good yeah. work, 
uh, trying to perfect yourself, even the new agers. I mean, even people who are agnostic and, you know, don't want to play the church game are in some sort of a be good kind of game and want to, you know, whatever for whatever reason. And because we're, we're, we're made in the image of God, I really believe we're made in the image of God uh, to love what God loves and hate what he hates. Uh, he loves purity, holiness, goodness, righteousness, justice, truth, mercy, loves all those things. And so he, they're an innate part of us. But when we're born, I, t- I say this, when we're born and thrown into the snake pit of life where the devil immediately begins to psychologically recondition us. And through the effects of the pit, the things we see that we don't like about ourselves, about others, we're, we're, we're motivated to fix ourselves. And the devil loves that because then he can give us all kinds of varieties of religion, good works, <laughs> penance, um, sacrifices, worshiping demons, to, to, to perfect ourselves. And, and this takes away from the goodness and the, uh, of God's grace and mercy and his, his deliverance, his salvation. So the Arian uh, heresy, which I don't think I have actually ever heard of. I mean, it, these things are so interlaid in people's lives that they don't even... Um, they don't know. Yeah. They don't know that this is the foundation of, of a lot of what we're following after. So if people are listening tonight... I really would ask you to first of all check out which Jesus you're following. Now, is it is this because Jesus said, He says, "I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly," and He also yeah. said, um, "I'm the vine and you're the branch, and out of that relationship will flow the the good works. The through the the righteousness of Christ will become our strength. His Holy Spirit will work through us. Um, but everything, you know. So there's a there's a rest to the believers in Hebrews chapter three. So if you're going into churches and groups and feeling frustrated and stressed and guilty and ashamed and, and bummed out and try harder and never enough, you're set up to come under what I call demonic judgment or demonic guilt because if you're already agreeing that you're guilty, then the devil says, yep, that's right, you broke the law, you broke it the law, here's, here's your penance, here's your punishment. And people don't realize a lot of the things they're actually suffering. I know we're off the subject a little bit, Bruce, but you can bring me right back. <laughs> But we're, yeah, well, we're the, question of, is, the question is, are you, is the Jesus that you know, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ that you know, is it the one who was with God, ho mm-hmm. logos, yeah. was with the God, and the word was God, mm-hmm. was theos. So he, the word, was God. If you're looking at a creation, this, all of these variations are going to not leave Jesus as God, but as creation, yeah. and therefore put him in the same camp rather than having uh, other son- brothers adopted mm-hmm. with him and brought in and, and a part of his vine, well, uh, you know, even though we be- are from the same source, but it, making him just cre- creation rather than creator right. is, is and, the essence yeah. of all of this. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people will say, well, he was a good, he was a good man, he was a, a prophet, um, and, you know, a prophet, yeah, there's a lot of prophets out there. Uh, Isaiah's a prophet, Jeremiah's a prophet, but none of those prophets died for me, nor would their death have been able to suffice to atone for the sins of the world. So when people are saying he's a good, he's a good man or a prophet, that's true, but that's not enough. I mean, if you're denying, if he's a, if he's a prophet, and he also called himself the Son of God, uh, the, the, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He called himself that, and if he isn't truly that, and he called himself that, then he's not a prophet. He's a liar. That's correct. You know? well, and too, he also says that uh, I am Lord of the Sabbath, 
and the Sabbath that we're supposed to be keeping holy by following his commandments is a covenant forever for all generations to uh, to be a sign that I am the Lord who sanctifies you. And that yes. word sanctifies means to cleanse, to purify, to sanctify, to be made holy. And Christ is telling us that he is the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, that's a whole other piece of the puzzle that people are not even able to grasp because well, they are trying I to say that Christ is not divine. So I want, also wanted to say that in case anyone doesn't know, Bruce was just um, quoting John, the Gospel of John, and the very beginning of the chapter. And, I mean, mm-hmm, you just can't deny that when it says, you know, through him all things were made, or by him all things were made, and That's, apart yeah. from him nothing came into being. Yeah. So, you know, well, he's I not just a man. He actually created all that we know of our galaxies, our cosmos, mm-hmm. and beyond. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> he is the creator a of all things physical. That's so well put, Marianne. That's so mm-hmm. important. Well, and you know, and, and that reminds me of Romans chapter one, verse twenty, and following, where the 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 things of God, the invisible attributes of God, can be clearly seen through His creation. But the creatures, uh, this is verse twenty, for since the creation of the world, His invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that were made, even His eternal God, power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Uh, professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man, birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Now, this is exactly what is going on again. Satan is giving man, you know, he, a, 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 an image of God that is not fully God and letting them believe that they can create their own gods and deny the true God, which I think it was in Romans, it was in Genesis, and it's right now today. Um, this is the, care, the, 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 the danger of not having the right Jesus, um, having a and false I think Christ. it's also important, too, in 1 Corinthians 4.4, 4, you know, it also says, in case anybody has any doubt about the God of this world mm-hmm. and the power of Satan in this world, um, it's going on and talking before that it's just talking about that whenever Moses is read a veil lies over their heart he's talking about the Israelites that turned away from God so many times Mm -hmm. but that it's taken away when we turn to the Lord now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty liberty. Mm -hmm. and but when a man turns to the Lord the veil is taken away so Christ is the one who lifts that veil for us now, if you keep going through into four four, then it comes in and it says, um, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In whose case, the God of this world. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. so important. Second Corinthians four four, mm-hmm. um, the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, mm-hmm. who is the image of God. I mean, and that's what's that's, happening. That's yeah, a and powerful you know, statement, and people have to realize that that's Satan, the God of we this have world. To realize, right there yeah. in the scripture is Satan. We have to realize the God that of this world is now yeah. fashioning a religion yeah. that will do exactly what you're saying, Marianne. It will it mm-hmm. will blind people to mm-hmm. the gospel of the Well, if we God. refuse if we refuse the love of the truth, 
God will send a strong delusion that we should believe a lie. That's Second Thessalonians chapter two verse ten. And also, just one more scripture on that. I on that thought is when in Romans eleven. When Paul is talking about will his people, the Jews, be cast away, and he goes on to say a remnant, according to the election of grace, is saved or will be saved, um, he says, and if by grace, then it is no longer of works. Otherwise, grace is no longer grace. But if it is of works, it is no longer grace. Otherwise, work is no longer work. So he's saying you cannot mix works, good works, performance, self-improvement, um, trying to be good. You cannot mix legalism and law with the free gift of God's salvation and grace. There are good works and righteousness that comes out of that grace that looks That's good. That's correct. That's the covenant. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. good works and that but, come out listen of to faith. This, part. this is the scary yeah. part. He says, and he says, what then? Israel has not obtained what it seeks, but the elect have obtained it, and the rest were hardened, just as That's it's right. written, God has given them a spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, ears that they should not hear to this very day. So we're seeing that God is permitting, not that God gives that directly, but I I think Satan lobbies for that. Satan says, okay, God, here's the deal. Here's the rule. If they listen to me, I get them. And they're listening to me. They bought into my stuff. Well, the key is is right there in what you read in, in, in chapter 11 of Romans. The key is that he has all under disobedience so that he might have mercy on all. Mm-hmm. So all have been sons of disobedience. Paul is very clear about this. We've right. all been born as sons of disobedience right. so that God might have grace on all. Yeah, so and, and, the, he says the and of course Israel of the flesh, Israel of the mm-hmm. flesh has mm-hmm. a veil over their eyes. They cannot see the living Christ who came to them. And they have yeah. to, their heart has been hardened so that the nations could come in. Right, right. And yeah, exactly. And they have... Um, you know, that spirit of stupor, eyes that they should not see, you know, that comes when we resist the revelation of Jesus Christ because the spirit of the living God leads us to grace and repentance. And and besides that, the law, it's very clear in Galatians, the law cannot save us. Paul says the law cannot justify anyone. It was just a temporary means to identify the people of God. And now Jesus Christ has come to fulfill the law. And then Paul says, if anybody comes preaching any other gospel than the one that I've preached to you, even if I would come preaching a different gospel, you know, a couple of weeks from now, don't believe me and let them be accursed. So we're talking about... But here's the, here's the rub. Here's the rub. And this is where, this is the rub, and this is where the, the accursed gospel, the lawlessness, the mystery of lawlessness, because yeah. it's a very delicate balance between performing the law to be made righteous, to be viewed as righteous, to consider yourself righteous, to be declared mm-hmm. righteous, and the law written in your heart and your mind, the new right. covenant with Christ, mm-hmm. is that we perform the law because it is in our nature, because we have been reborn, because we love God. Like Christ said, if you love well, me, yeah. you will keep well, my commandments. Said, if you love said, me, um, you will keep my commandments. So the thing that Jesus is telling us is, you're not going to keep my commandments because you're righteous. You're going to keep my commandments because you love me. Mm-hmm. And those who yeah. keep my commandments, but not out of works, you see. Right. It's a delicate of, balance because people go either well, one direction or go, they go the other yeah. because faith well, without works is dead. So well, listen, your faith has to be evident in your works. In other words, a person can say, I have faith in Jesus, and mm-hmm. they don't walk. They walk like a person of the nations. They walk mm-hmm. like a Gentile. How could they possibly really have embraced Christ? They're not following him. 
So this is where these can, this is where we get back to these ministers of unrighteousness because mm-hmm. they are living high on the hog. They're fat sheep. Like, uh, you know, God said through the prophets, he said, there are no shepherds. There are fat sheep and lean sheep. And the fat mm-hmm. sheep are preying on the lean sheep, and they're not following the words of Jesus. They're claiming the name of Jesus, but they're preaching some other kind of Christ. They're mm-hmm. not preaching a Christ who reaches out to the poor. They're preaching a Christ who, who caters to the Pharisees. That's what's happening. Right. And, and you know, it's like this, too. People get really, they stumble over the law. They stumble, I mean, because it's preached in every church. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of the churches don't even, I mean, people don't realize what they're being, the basis, the foundation, the premise from which their, their, ser- their sermons are being preached at them. But the law is like, okay, so the commandments, um, when we say all the laws fulfilled in Christ, that we were not able to keep the law. Nobody was, be- was able to be good enough to get to heaven but when he when christ as you said puts when his law in our hearts then we do it out of love, love and, and not and duty faith. but out of devotion just like a parent um yeah. you know you do a lot of hard things it's for your kids faith. you do a lot of sacrifice you give you stay up late you you, you walk the second third 20th mile with them not because somebody's written it somewhere in some courthouse somewhere that you got to do this but because you love them and that's the same with us we are this is the key to surviving in these last days is to love Jesus Christ and love our lives not unto the death. You know what I mean? Uh, they overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, they love not their lives to the death. So people get hung up on, well, I've got to go back to the law. And I've heard people say, well, you know, I, I, you know th- this is helping to clarify it for me. I've got this nice list of things to do and da-da-da-da-da. Well, I say, you know what? Be, that's not the point. The point is Jesus Christ his Holy Spirit directs me into all truth and will teach me the, the ways of the covenant. And so, therefore, uh, but let's go on a little bit past this. Well, let, you know, that's it. let's finish this up with John, because the first epistle of John, he labels sin as lawlessness. Yeah. So we have to help remind people that if the law is written in your heart, if your heart has yeah. been circumcised and yeah. the law has been written in your heart and in your mind, then just follow Christ. That's you can't right. say, I love oh. Jesus, and then despise your brother. You can't say, I love Jesus, and covet the, mm-hmm. the, the goods of your neighbor. You, mm-hmm. you can't say, I love Jesus, and not keep his commandments. So I think that, right. you know, you, you have it perfectly. It's love and faith that mm-hmm. enable us to do what, you know, he wants yeah. us to do. And out love of love, we can do God. that. And we're not going to do it out of being declared righteous, because nobody can be declared righteous. Even going mm-hmm. way back to the time of Noah, God said, I cannot contend with my, my spirit, cannot contend with man. All flesh is wicked. And, you know, I cannot, I cannot contend with him. So, you know, well, it's, it's yeah. absolutely Until he made true. a way for us to be right. brought into the kingdom. And, and the commandments now are not the ten, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. The commandment now is thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and thy neighbor as thyself. You know, there was not any of the Ten Commandments that were written that said, thou shalt love, thou must love, you have to love. They just said, you can't murder, you know. Um, so they, they could tell you that don't do this. There's kind of a, you know, a safety measure here just, you know, to, to keep the peace. But when the, Christ, when the laws of Christ are in our lives, it becomes a life. It becomes a follow Jesus. We're disciples. Yeah. and. And we walk but don't in a forget, new he said not one word. He said, you yeah. cannot loosen one word mm-hmm. of the law. You cannot relax one word of the law mm-hmm. until it fulfills what it is it, yeah. here to but accomplish. Jesus. So it's important to know that loving God 
is, is the fulfilling also, of the law. For example, mm-hmm. like Jesus says, people people want to defend themselves against the nations coming after them in this end times, and they're thinking they're going to take up guns and shoot people. Yeah. Now, my question to those people is, what is your justification in Scripture that you get to kill another person, you get to violate God's law on the basis of defending yourself? Is it really written, written there, or did Jesus tell the disciples, put up your swords, mm-hmm. you, you, you know, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword, and he who seeks to li- save his life will lose it. So do you, in seeking to save your life with a, with a, a shotgun to defend yourself, mm-hmm. do you not compromise your life by taking another life? So well, these are the, the things deal. people need to think about, because it's not yeah. simply boil down the love is the essence of the law, but also the completeness of the royal law. James quotes it, yeah. and... And Paul, well, Paul exalts it, but he says we're not a slave to it. Mm-hmm. We're not, a, because you can't, you know, he goes back and quotes Deuteronomy, which is basically the essence of the new covenant, that it is in your mouth. The word, and Paul quotes this back, yeah. he says, the word is in your mouth. Yeah. It's near at hand. You can do it. You can love your neighbor. You can love God. You can, yeah. you can follow that blueprint, well, but you can only do it out of love and faith. You can't do it out of a, a duty, a command, or being a slave to the law, right. but and you, you know, do it I, out of love. You have to be very brave and courageous to really love your enemy. And, you know, Jesus said one of the marks of his people would be uh, that they will love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples by the my love disciples. you have. And love is the most powerful weapon in the world because... Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, and love never fails. Hatred will fail. Anger will fail. Bullets will fail. Uh, And ultimately, I'm not going to make a decision whether somebody should do this or that with their guns. I personally, uh, I think that is my deal. I don't want to do that. I'd rather, but you know what? Let's, Let's use the bigger guns. The bigger guns are love, and truly you cannot love unless you have the right Jesus. And so, you know, we talked a little bit before about what the... um, the right Jesus looks like, uh, and, and now we're seeing, I'm seeing, I don't know, and I don't even pay much attention, I, I really am focusing more on what the Lord would have me do to comfort his people in these days and bring them into the truth, but um, a lot of the churches are now being um, entertained, uh, uh, invited to come into a one world kind of unity, false peace probably, uh, they're not saying it's false peace of course, coming into this ecumenical one world, you know, bringing in uh, Christians, uh, Jews, uh, Catholics, Mormons, uh, evangelicals, all kinds of people, bringing them all under one umbrella. And my question is, uh, Bruce, how can, that, how can you do that? How can you bring all these, with these their, their ideologies are contrary, contradictory, uh, hostile to one another. How can you bring all of these people together unless they all do have the same theory or philosophy and that is they all have the wrong Jesus. I don't know. Can you talk about well, that? Well, they will have to. They will have to compromise the nature and the, uh, and, and the real being of Christ. Uh, for example, in the Islamic uh, belief system, in the Islamic religion, in the Quran, Jesus is a prophet. Mm-hmm. So it is a blasphemy to say he's the son of God. They do not understand how he and the Father can be one God and be mm-hmm. one. They 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 just think that this is a, uh, uh, you know they they can't understand it. So they said they reduced Jesus to a prophet, 
Mm-hmm. So that's what the only way, and that's what, where this whole movement of Chrislam is going to go. It's going to reduce Jesus to a prophet, and everybody can accept that. All religions yeah, can accept yeah. Jesus as a prophet yeah. and a teacher and a leader. And sure. the Pope, but of that, course, that, that is, is orchestrating humanity, a lot of this. The Pope is orchestrating a lot of this, and because you know they've been the voice of Jesus worldwide for over one billion members. And so there are some very interesting quotes, because you mentioned peace. Are we talking about a false peace? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I've seen the reports of several people who are feeling a tremendous peace in this unity movement between Jews and, and, and Muslims and Christians. And mm-hmm. I think all people should be united. There is one faith. One of my favorite scriptures is Ephesians chapter 4. One body, one spirit, one faith. Yeah. There is one real faith, but mm-hmm. we cannot unite on the basis of a false faith. Mm-hmm. Either we're going to unite on the basis of the true God and his Christ and loving the true God and loving our neighbor as ourselves, or we're going to unite in a false peace, a false religion, and, 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 and falsehood, not truth. And that's where it's going. You know, well, uh, here, let, let me, me just show you what one, one – oh, go ahead. You go ahead. I'm just going to add, let's, let me throw out the phone number here so we can get some discussion from people who might be listening. Um, for those of you who are interested in this discussion, want to talk, want to add something, or ask a question, our number is 347-215-8051. You can join us in the chat room, and if you want to talk to us, put your little notification up there that you want to say something. It's 347-215-8051. We're with Bruce and Marianne Curtis, we're talking right now about chrysalis and um, what that means. So, very interesting, uh, you guys, about um, chrysalis as you know, reducing Jesus to a, something that everybody can agree with, and that would be just a prophet. Just a prophet. Uh, of course, there's a lot of prophets. There's Mohammed. There's whatever you know. These people are saying. So they're trying to find grounds, and then there always comes some sense of, of when you do good works, you always feel good. So I think they're capitalizing on that. You said something that they feel good about this unity. They feel good about this green gospel, this social justice gospel. And what is kind of their goal in bringing this unity? I mean, obviously... Well, you have to go to the higher levels of power and the whole system of Babylon in the world because the kingdom of Babylon is, is unified. The kingdom of this world is a single kingdom. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not divided. It's all under the adversary so this it is it is and of course Daniel articulated and for people to understand that they need to go back and look at Nebuchadnezzar's vision in chapter 2 of the book of Mm -hmm. Daniel and look at Daniel's analysis but the world kingdom is one body one statue it's not divided Mm -hmm. and it has different sections of different metals that pertain to different aspects of control but we are currently, the whole world is under the particular kingdom area of the belly and the loins and the, the, the bronze material. Mm-hmm. So we are under, you know, people are basically controlled uh, by food and sex and controlled by the Greek, uh, the prince of Greece that Daniel also in his visions later in the book talks about how uh, the angel told him that he was going to have to go back and fight the king of Greece. Uh-huh, after yeah. dealing with the king of Persia. Now, mm-hmm. the king of Greece is a spirit power. It is not. Mm-hmm. We're not dealing with Greece. We're not dealing with the Roman yep. Empire. Absolutely. We're dealing with spiritual powers. 
How is the king of Greece promotes what? What does the king of Greece promote? Well, the, first of all, Greek philosophy, the soul is immortal. Well, mm-hmm. that we already discussed that, that if the soul is immortal, why do we need Jesus for salvation? Okay, mm-hmm. that's one problem. Another problem is Greek uh, rebellion. Greek, the Greeks love democracy. Well, democracy is rebellion against God. It's the same thing that Satan was getting, uh, that the serpent was getting Eve to agree to, mm-hmm. which is your eyes rule will be yourself. open and you'll be just like God. Yeah, or rule yourself. And you yeah, can you rule can yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And look at the sons of Korah. They went up to Moses and say, listen here, we want a bigger piece of the pie. We want to run yeah. the show with mm-hmm. you. Yeah. And then the earth swallowed them up because that's not the program. It is, yeah. This is a wonderful kingdom. We have a wonderful king. And mm-hmm. Samuel was a little miffed that people didn't get it, the prophet yeah. Samuel. But God said, hey, listen, don't worry. This isn't about you. This is about me. They've rejected me. Yeah. And, well, and so you know, this going is what it's over and over and over again. People are rejecting God's leadership. Well, They're rejecting I... God's word. Back to the principalities of spiritual wickedness in high places we talked about in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, and then what you referred to, the prince of Greece and prince of Persia, and what, what those nations represented, you know, the love of intelligence, uh, democracy, is so is immortal. You know, people don't understand that there's more to this thing than just what we, you know, going to McDonald's and going to work, going to school, you know, talking on your cell phone and getting through the week and having a good weekend. There's a whole lot more to this life. And and people don't want to pay any attention to the, the powers and principalities and spiritual wickedness in high places. But the angel, Michael, the, the archangel, who brought the, the prophetic word to Daniel, I mean, this was a very a strategic piece of information obviously the principalities of the second heaven did not want it to be gotten through breaks through the the lines and get this information to the captives held hostage on earth but interesting enough this soul is immortal yeah that's true but the devil doesn't say that's only part of the truth and the devil tells lies by using truth and so the the part of the that's the scary part is the soul is immortal but the question is where will you spend eternity there are only two kingdoms so you know that's got to be determined too and god has set forth the way that you spend eternity with him otherwise you know the other option is to spend it with the enemy but can you talk a little bit more about well actually um, see, here, here let's go through the typology so people understand why because you see there has that which is of the flesh will pass the flesh cannot inherit the kingdom so flesh will pass so if there is not a new life introduced, if God does not breathe a new life into the mm-hmm. soul, you know, because when you come out of the womb, you take a breath and you mm-hmm. become a living being in this world. But mm-hmm. that is just as as far as it goes, in a sense you're dead. You know, in a sense the lyrics of Paul of uh, Bob Dylan's song, you know, stole, Stone Cold Dead When I Stepped Out of the Womb, is, mm-hmm. is in a sense closest to the truth that this is such a passing life and the real life is the life in Christ. So that requires, as he told Nicodemus, that must you must be born, be born from above. Mm-hmm. You must have mm-hmm. be born of spirit, of water and of spirit. So there has to be another breath introduced. Now, yeah. humanity could not contend with the spirit of God. They cannot mm-hmm. receive the spirit of God. They have to receive the breath of Christ. That's mm-hmm. why Christ said, if you love me and keep my commandments, my Father and I will come and make our abode in you. Mm-hmm. So the breath of the Father and the breath of the Son can be in us, and we have a new life. And that That's represents the, new birth, the possibility then. of immortality. That's yeah. immortality. 
Yeah. So they, because you know the soul can die, like it says in 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 the in the Torah, it says the soul that is sinning it shall die. So even the soul can die if it is not given a true life. Has mm-hmm. have life breathed into Perish. it. Yeah. So this is what, now what we have here. These people are not dealing with any of that. When I look at the photos of the one world religion people, and Marianne mm-hmm. and I had the opportunity over a, a decade ago in 2002 and 2003 and 2004. We were looking at the, the United Religions Initiative, and we thought it was a, an interfaith dialogue, perhaps a place where we could enrich other mm-hmm. uh, religious traditions so they could see that they can embrace Christ, and Christ, uh, Jesus, goes beyond religion. He is the truth. Mm-hmm. Right. So when you have Christ, your, your religion is finished. He told the woman at the yeah. well, he said, Re- yeah. religion is finished. You've got to w- yeah. worship God in spirit and in truth. In truth, yeah. And and so you know, but I'm looking at this report that coming back of people like uh, Ken, Ken, not to not to disparage anyone, but people like Kenneth Copeland and and Joel Osteen and Kenneth Hagen and John Hagee, all of these great uh, evangelists, well-known evangelists that have gone to the Pope and met at the Vatican, and mm-hmm. something very uh, unsavory is going on. It has a nice veneer. Everybody's smiling. Everybody's bringing back good reports. Mm-hmm. But you cannot unite on falsehood. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a false piece. This is, this is what Kenneth Copeland had to say. I am so blessed. What Jesus asked the Father for in John seventeen twenty one mm-hmm. that we may all be one in him, mm-hmm. is finally coming to pass. Pope Francis is a man filled with the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. All eight of us in our meeting together with him were moved by the strong presence of the Holy Spirit, and our love for one another was strengthened beyond measure. Like I said, I am so blessed. What a time to be a believer. Mm-hmm. Now, how can you argue with that if the man mm-hmm. has a spirit of delusion over mm-hmm. him, and a spirit of deception, so he cannot see? The mm-hmm. words are positive. They sound good. They look good. Mm-hmm. And he's talking about the feeling of the spirit. Well, he's talking about feeling the presence of God. Now, uh, that's scary to me because um, I, I know, I, I truly believe that Satan as an angel of light coming as a false Jesus will also be able to bring strong feelings of, of the presence and people will assume or interpret it to be the presence of God because it's going to be a feeling of peace, unity, love that they, in the, in the soul re- realm, if they'd really pay attention to their spirit, I think they'd get another message because God's spirit bears witness with our spirit and he will not lead us astray. But this is really scary that isn't that amazing that Satan is so clever that he can even take John is at 17 where Jesus is praying that they all may be one. Satan is looking like he is fulfilling biblical of Jesus Christ, and he, and he's looking like I mean he lo- he's looking like the Holy Spirit doing this, and but Jesus' word you have to also put in there. There's going to be a falling away. There's going to be an apostasy. There's the angels of light. There's the uh, false Jesuses. There's the delusion. And Jesus Himself says in Luke, He says, "When I get back, will I really find faith on the earth?" So I mean, if Jesus Christ knows uh, what it's going to look like when He gets back, and He asks that question. Mm-hmm then we've got to put that in the equation, too, and know that all of this lovely, you know, coming together, happy family, you know, like I said, green gospel, social gospel, is a trap. It's a trick. And some of our most notable leaders um, who, who we've, we've listened to, we've, I, we've turned them into heroes and icons and, 
you know, worship them. They're, they're our stars, you know, if, if you will. I mean, this is very, very scary. Uh, I, I don't and know they what are transforming say. themselves into ministers of righteousness. People believe it, you know, and uh, little old ladies watching TV are so I happy know. to send their life savings away to support okay. these ministries. But uh, I want, you know, Marianne is one who uh, so loves that John chapter 17. Uh, Marianne, I know it's probably uh, unfortunate to hear those beautiful words of Christ's high priestly prayer used in a way of a false mm-hmm. unity. And so I was wondering they, what your thoughts were on all of this. Well, um, yeah, I mean, you really have to look at the words of Jesus. I mean, and even in uh, the, the the commentary by Paul, I mean, uh, Paul is so tricky. You know, he says that um, so now that we are free from the law, but then he comes back and he Mary, says, do we then nullify the law through faith? May it never be. On the contrary, we establish the law. And then he goes on to explain what that is. Well, let's go back to Matthew. Um, I realize you're in, I'm getting to the John, but let's go back to Matthew, what Jesus' own words were all about. His own words go right through every one of the commandments and tell us it's no longer the hand. It's no longer the action. It's now in your heart. That means if you think about laying with another woman, you're, you're already committing adultery. That means if you even call your brother a fool, you're now committing murder to that brother. So he's letting us know that the law is like, it's in our heart. It's living in faith and truth. And that's why, like in uh, John 17, when he gets to the high priestly prayer and he says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And if you love me, the Father will love you and we will come and make our abode in you. And he goes through that several times he mentions about loving him and keeping his commandments. And if you, if you look at everything that Jesus said, it's not just loving one another, but you could say that because he says that sums it up, doesn't he? He says, if you love one another, you've summed up all of the commandments and love the Father as yourself, as all your might and all your strength. So what does that mean to love one another? That means that we're not going to be saying you fool in our hearts. That means we're not going to be coveting other people's wives and husbands in our hearts. That means mm-hmm. that we are going to take advantage as a gift of a whole day to be sanctified in Jesus, who is the Lord who sanctifies us. I mean, he says it right there in the Gospels. So, I mean, you've really got to look at the words of Jesus through and through and see what he's saying. It's like, yes, you have freedom now. You're not a slave to the law. You now are free and in your heart, but the path is narrow. And the but what about these ministers, Marianne? What about these ministers that are posed in a beautiful picture with the... Uh, uh, yeah, you know this idea of peace. Yeah, they're they're baiting the hooks. Well, Jesus with said, "I didn't come to bring peace." He said, "I came to bring a sword to separate two yeah. against three. Yeah, I mean, he exactly. came to separate us against the counterfeiting spirit that is mm-hmm. that little devil that people talk about on our shoulders. You know, the angel and the devil mm-hmm. that yeah. allows us to listen to the prince of the air, or allows us to have our minds blinded because we're not mm-hmm. really turning our hearts to Christ, and it is yeah. sneaky. And he is crafty. So we really have to like ask every time we open the book and listen to the word and read the word aloud, we have to ask ourselves, Christ did not come to bring peace. He said it right there. He came to bring a sword to separate two against three. He didn't come to judge either. He came to give us life and to show yeah. us the way. And the way is in love, following his commandments, allowing ourselves to receive the gifts that he gives us in sanctification and to love our neighbor as ourselves. Yeah. Well, this is a wonderful way to live, actually. And, um, you know, but I'm afraid that most people are taking their 
their direction from their leaders, from the pulpits that they're, they're, the churches. Many people, of course, have dropped out, and I think that's probably even a good thing from their churches because it, it influences them in the wrong way, and, and, it, and it seduces people into believing that I'm safe, I'm okay, because I am a Lutheran, a Catholic, a, you know, my minister, the pastor, whatever. And they, they stop looking at these things for themselves. They stop realizing that this walk with Jesus Christ is an individual walk, and we each have to give an account of our own life and what we've done with Jesus Christ, with his word, with his invitation. And so, um, you know, it's a sweet walk with Christ, but like you said, it's a really narrow way. But my qu- next question that kind of pops in my mind, and by the way, we're just a few minutes before 8 here, and so if you have a question, join us. We're going to take a break in about 4 or 5 minutes, and then we're going to be joined by another group of listeners, um, another couple of uh, uh, groups of people, actually. But your, the call-in number is 347-215-8051, 347-215-8051. But my question for you guys is, you know, with this, you know, obviously there's an experience that comes with following Christ, and it's, it's peace, it's, it's, it's not easy. I mean, it's all those who live godly in Christ Jesus are going to suffer persecution. A lot of times people, the enemy misinterprets that persecution to be, you know, like we've sinned and we're bad and God's forsaken us, and that's probably for another topic for another day. But people are just so afraid to, to, to believe that they can follow Jesus without someone else helping them or some, you know, uh, was it, First John, doesn't he say, you have no need that someone teaches you because the anointing is within you? And this doesn't mean we're going to go off and be you know, our own lone rangers here, but what it means is that um, we need to really know the word. This conference is being recorded. Yeah. <laughs> so, so here's the deal. Um, wh- it's in what Hebrews, he- actually, and it talks about the new covenant and what Christ actually brought into us. And Christ said, you know, no one will teach you about God because you will know God in your heart, and so, and and Christ said in the in the seven in John seventeen, He said, you know, I came uh, to thee, and these things I speak in the world that they may have my joy made full within them. And then He goes on to say, you know, I give you my peace, uh, you know, not the peace of this world, but I mm-hmm. give you my peace. Yes, that's and a sweet. And that's peace. directly that's so from Christ. Good. And if we love Christ. So if we love Christ, we have to keep his commandments. That's what he said. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And his and commandment so if we is love Christ, love. we have this gift. And so we have to keep his commandments in love. Not only, you know, we can't. He also said, you know, watch out for the, for the teachings of the traditions of men because he um, chastised the Pharisees for, you know, teaching them the traditions of men because, you know, he talks about how they weren't following the law because it says honor your father and mother, but what they would do is they would yeah. tithe everything to the church, which ended up coming back to them, and they didn't take care of their mother and their father. And they had ways in which they would actually work on the Sabbath right. and have other it, yeah. people sort of collect money and funds for them, and so there's this whole money changing going on. So, I mean, you know, and they made laws, you know, their yeah. own laws, the traditions of men, and this goes on all the time in, in churches. And a lot of people believe that Christ came to abolish the law. Religion. I can't tell you yeah. how many Christians say Christ came to abolish the law, and if you read Matthew, he says, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill, to fulfill. the law. Yeah. That's so right. there's so many ways now, in which people just to listen to men, and then they don't know the real truth because they've not picked up the word and really let, read it themselves. True enough, yeah. Now listen, True. let's get back on target here, back on topic, which is simply this. That uh-huh. false peace you just mentioned, Marianne, that peace of the mm-hmm. world, that's the whole essence 
of this one world religion. And uh, we do have our other guests on the sh- on the on, on the uh, air with us now. We have another. We have Great. Crusade Radio. We, we have mm-hmm. the hosts of Crusade Radio, uh, Doug Millar and Jim Cook, and they have a show every week. It's called "Where Angels Fear to Tread." Welcome, and, hi uh, guys. Five nights a week. Yeah, welcome to Rescue Radio, and be sure you uh, add your comments if you like. We'd love to hear from you as well. Um, so what we're talking about, we're going to have to do a recap. Maybe you have some announcements, and then we we should recap this. This last couple of months has been a lightning uh, movement well, towards the one world religion. Okay, let's just recap and keep going, and we'll get to the announcements at the end because we're on okay. a run. We're rolling now. Well, here's the thing. Ever since Pope Francis became Pope a year and three or four months ago, we have seen lightning-like changes around the world. And what we're getting right now is uh, remarkable with all of the movement in the Vatican and in, in Jerusalem. And the mm-hmm. title uh, to the properties in Jerusalem has been conveyed. And I'm hearing a lot yeah. of noise right now. Maybe somebody needs to mute, uh, mute their phone out because, uh, yeah, that sounds better. That's much better. Okay. Um, Yeah, the property is conveyed to the Vatican, even uh, David's tomb, the upper room, the city of David, the the hill, uh, the mount, the the temple mount. All of that is being prepared for a new one-world religion. And so there have been meetings in the Vatican, the planting of an olive tree and prayers with with Shimon Peres and uh, Mahmoud Abbas. It's like playing Monopoly. You're trying to. It's like playing Monopoly. They're trying to get all the good places for their nice brand new one world church. You know, so we have, we have the best. You know, all the Broadway, the Park Place, all the big big name places. I mean, this is kind of a dumb analogy, probably, but the thing is that what what's the what's behind all this, uh, Bruce? What do you think? What's behind this rush for order for unity and uh, scarfing up all the holy sites and uh, again, going back to kind of what's the goal? Well, the goal is to unite people under the wrong God. That's right. The whole goal of all of this, whether you want to look at the United Nations, I mean, we could do another program on the UN. The, UN, the purpose of the UN was to bring in the, the hierarchy of the adversary, and it's right there in the early documents with uh, the theosophist Alice Bailey, who was funded by David Rockefeller, and did a, and created Lucifer Publishing with mm-hmm. uh, Helen Blavatsky, her teacher. Uh, the, the the mission of the UN was to bring in the hierarchy of uh, of, uh, of Lucifer. Mm-hmm. So we we so, know that's the political end of that's the political end of things. Yeah. Now that organization has been under the Prince of Persia. The mm-hmm. UN has been under the domination of the Prince of Persia. Now the Prince of Greece is really making a big assault, and like the he-goat flying from the west oh. is going to trample, trample the ram, which uh, Daniel identifies as, as the Prince of Persia. That, that cluster will be trampled, and this other group will take ascendancy, and then we'll, we'll move in okay. the, no, the leader. Gotta, so, oh, i got to get a question in here. Prince of Persia, you told me what the Prince of Greece stood for. Soul, the soul is immortal and um, love democracy. What's the Prince of Persia's? Uh, what's his, you know, thrust? Well, the Prince of Persia right now is the govern. That's basically your light and darkness principles like Zoroastrianism, where the the uh, the principle of darkness is equivalent to the principle of light. Okay, like and Zen. So, 
Yeah, sort of like um, Ying and Yang. That's sort of thing. There's a god. Uh, there's a god on the dark side that's equivalent to the god on the light side. And um, the Persian, the Persian enterprise is one of, of course, it took over Babylon and, and ruled in the name of Babylon when Cyrus came in and was made king of Babylon. Uh, he was the Persian. Uh, so that that warfare we see now, as you know, Russia and, and Iran have always been close, going back thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Um, they've always, or at least uh, 1,200, 1,500 years, they've been very close. Mm-hmm. And so the whole Russian control of the UN, the UN was basically, uh, in a sense, was in to other put words, the world under a communist leadership. That's, in other words, the, the Babylonian, Prince of Persia Babylonian ideology is carried on and car- through the uh, and kept alive through the UN type of one world, uh, one world right. government. But that's now right. the Prince of of Greece is more of the religious. It's more of the uh, gathering of the well, religious. Well, it's, it's you're going to use religion in a more thoroughgoing fashion to mm-hmm. capture the hearts and minds of people. This faction of the uh, will take ascendancy, and so that's why it's so important to look at all of the features. Not, I know many people dwell on the economy that they're going to crash the economy and enslave the people, but the mm-hmm. real battleground for people, the, where they are aligned whether with the true God and the true Christ or whether with the fallen God, uh, Lucifer, mm-hmm. will be based, that battle will be won in the heart and the mind. So that right. is, uh, that is what, what we're looking at in the battle now. And to see these figures, these great church leaders all gathered with the Pope, mm-hmm. making for, uh, photo opportunities and <laughs> making this uh, piece of the earth look so good, uh, a veneer where everybody's happy and everybody gets to believe the same thing and all of it it's just a false unity and a false peace based on a false faith because so, they have okay. disowned the owner who purchased them they don't claim that they yeah. need Christ they yeah. just use Jesus as an icon okay so yeah so people who resist this unity this one world lovely everybody brotherhood loves each other blah 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 we then look like what if we resist this good, wonderful peace, unity, what are what are we looking like, and what what are we up against here, and how do we resist it? Well, I think the way to resist it is to speak the truth, mm-hmm. and to you know to follow in the steps of Christ. And He said that basically following in His footsteps means you walk up Calvary. In His uh, you know His revelation to John. He basically says that the the ones that follow him, many will have uh, their heads cut off, and this seems to be the direction that sort of the Islamic method of execution, and also is a method of execution that has now been approved by the state of Alabama, and uh, we know from a lot of internal uh, research that a lot of guillotines, Chinese-made guillotines, have been imported into the United States have been stored on military bases. So there is a, certainly, a, uh, it appears that there will be a, uh, the use of uh, those that bear witness to, to Jesus will be dealt with. Mm-hmm. And um, this will maybe well, be considered uh, idolatry. They may label it as, as, you know, if you honor Christ mm-hmm. as or Son of God, they'll consider that idolatry and that's punishable by death. It's all right. being, you know, designed in a in a false legal system. Right. The same way that being, the, it's the same yeah. way that the Pharisees you, you created a false 
legalism to to mm-hmm. el- eliminate Jesus. Well, and that's true. The the legal system is is really you know if you get justice in the legal system nowadays, it's it's uh, an accident actually, um, because yeah. I think that your every system is being uh, tailor made, manicured, uh, shaped to fit into, to do its part, to bring in this one world. I mean, it's going to look like people are coming in willingly, but actually they're being herded into a a death trap. You know, it's like a a box canyon where there's going to be, you know, annihilation. But um, for those of us who would stand our ground and not be part of the denying of Jesus Christ, um, you know, I, I don't think we can live looking every day like, oh my, I'm going to get my head cut off for this. I think we need to live every day as the Lord gives it to us with grace and peace, rejoicing, and and each day he will give us what we need. But, you know, um, maybe we have some people out there who are a little bit skeptical about all this. Maybe this seems a little bit doomsday-ish or it means it's a little, you know, over the top, don't want to go there. A lot of people don't want to go there. They just want to deny this and, and continue to make their escapes and excuses for living their life. Um, what, what can we say to those kind of people who are kind of still out there kind of, you know, saying, I can't believe this, this isn't really going to... Well, fear of death is, is, uh, is, is death. So if you're in the scripture, it says, and I was just trying to find it, uh, Paul speaks it, you know, to that as well, that fear of death is what makes us a slave to sin. And so we have to realize that we have a life beyond the, before the foundations of the earth, and we have mm-hmm. a life that is eternal life. And, um, you know, he even said that in, in John as well. You know, eternal life is to know the Father and to know the Son whom he sent, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. eternal life. So I think the hard thing for people is that we've gotten so caught up in the world and so caught up in the material. Um, mm-hmm. I used to interview people like, why are you so afraid to die? You know, people were, well, I will no longer live. I mean, I won't exist. My ego mm-hmm. will no longer be here. You know, people, mm-hmm. will people remember me? Why is that so important to you? You know, it's like we've been conditioned in this world, terraformed by the prince of the air, by the mm-hmm. god of this world, to mm-hmm. think that this is what matters. So we really were relying on our priests, our ministers, our pastors to help us mm-hmm. understand that it's the inner man. I mean, Paul talks about that all over the place, and as does Christ. You know, it's about the inner life. It's the inner man. It's what we think and say and do from our heart that, you know, either represents us well or doesn't. You know, and I think that's missed by so many people. I think people yeah. don't even really respect well, what that means or even care. Well, you know, I've got to add to that. I think one of the, the, the scripture you're looking for is in First Corinthians chapter 15. But in First Corinthians 15, verse um 31 Paul says well I die daily so as a as a believer part of our is the loss of our ego and self and being um reshaped into the you know the purposes of God himself as um as followers of Jesus so we're laying down our life every day and then also he says um oh death where is your sting oh Hades where is your victory the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, unmovable, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And you're right. We need to look beyond this life to the promises that God has bound himself to keep. 
promises of eternal life and, and rest and hope. That's and right. Heaven. Your flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom. Why yeah. are people so beholden to the flesh? Why do they, they have hold, to hold on, on to it? it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and it, it cannot be saved. It is the mm-hmm. inner man, as Marianne so eloquently put forth. So what we want to do, this gets back to your all-important question, Margie, and that is mm-hmm. what, do we need, what do people need to do and what do we need to be doing? We, mm-hmm. People need to eat their mana, and mm-hmm. we all know that who the bread of heaven is. Mm-hmm. So people need to eat their mana, eat their bread from heaven, so that mm-hmm. the man inside can grow. Just think of the words of John the Baptist. What did John the Baptist say? He said, I must decrease he must that increase. he may increase. Mm-hmm. So we should, that should be our daily uh, motto, in a sense, so, yeah. is that the old man, our outer self, should decrease so that the man inside can grow in the power of God. Right. You see, that is, the, that is the real key. So what can make the man inside grow? Well, Jesus said, you cannot live by bread alone, but by every yeah. word that proceeds word. from the mouth of Absolutely. God. So yep, we the need the living bread. That's our food, the living bread. It came down from heaven, you know, and, and people search the scriptures, and that's a big helper. But here's, what it, here's the deal, you know, Jesus told the Pharisees, you search the scriptures for eternal yeah, yeah. life, but, you know, here I am. And you missed so me. This is, and so, yeah. yes, they missed him. So we do not want to miss him. He must dwell in us. So if, mm-hmm. people, want to, if people want to endure to the end, the only way to endure to the end, and, which is the gospel, everyone who endures to the end will be saved. Mm-hmm. So to endure to the end is to dwell with Christ, to abide in him and have him and the Father abiding in you, and to, that is your life. So this is where we have to get people to go and not to worry too much about these things. You know, this one world religion is very important. Because mm-hmm. this is another failed demonstration. The Lord is going to allow Satan to demonstrate himself a failure once again. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, that it does not lead to life. This religion that they're bringing out leads to death. Right. right. Does not lead to life. Yeah, so and what I think, we have I, to do... Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the fruit always... You know, Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. And as this thing goes forward, you know, what's on the inside comes out. Uh, it, it makes manifest what it's really about. Um, it comes to the light. And we need to just uh, basically, like you said, eat the word, live in the word of God, love him, know him, trust him. And don't be so persuaded by persuasive men, arguments. Most, you know, Satan uses a lot of reasoning, a lot of lies, uh, to tell the truth, but a lie is a lie. It doesn't, you know, just because, you know, everybody's agreeing with it. Everybody thinks just because you agree with the lie or the majority agrees with the lie does not make the lie a truth or, or righteous or, 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 you know, before God. And I mean, it's kind of crazy in America. We pass laws that are absolutely contrary to the laws of God. Think of abortion as one of them. Um, And, and we think somehow it's okay because we have now made it legal. Uh, but making, agreeing with the lie, following the lie, you know, endorsing the lie, I don't care what you believe. You can believe whatever you want to believe. That's your prerogative. But that does not make it the truth, and that will not, yeah. um, you know, uh, uh, my opinion. Margie, it's so ironic that people will bend over, you know, good Christians will bend over backwards 
to obey the laws of this world, which could be contrary to the laws of God. It's, it's yeah. astounding. And this is what I think Daniel sets a good example for us and the three men in the fiery mm-hmm. furnace. Yeah. They refused to violate God's law. They refused to bow down to another God. Right. And they said, we'll take our chances with our God, mm-hmm. and he will, he, he, either he will destroy us or he will preserve us. But whatever he does will be right. Well, you know, and, and I think people... That I, needs to be our attitude. If we get taken by these authorities, God will take care of it. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's his decision that allow us to fall into the hands of the adversary and to make a witness. That's our mm-hmm. opportunity. Mm-hmm. That's an opportunity for others. That's, to know that God is so good. it's very important to make that testimony. So, you know, I'm not saying it's easy. I'm not, uh, I'm not here telling the radio audience of yours that any of this is easy. But mm-hmm. the important thing is that it's faithful. Yeah. That's the key. Your True. faith has to lead to faithfulness. If faith yeah. doesn't lead to faithfulness, it's dead. Right. It's and, and that faithfulness. So what do you want to do? Do you want to trade seven years? Can we? Could, would anybody trade seven years for eternity? Well, a lot of people will. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, I think if they're willing or if they're duped into following a one-world system of religion, they're going to be just as easily deceived into taking the mark of the beast because everybody's afraid to stand up. Everybody's afraid of conflict, fear of conflict, fear of peers, what they're going to, what they're going to say about you. And there is that intimidation factor already out there that everything is okay and tolerable except if you believe in Jesus Christ. But the thing is, the power that we have as believers is to love. Forgive, love, believe God and go forward and don't bend um, and, and don't, you know, bow to their lies. Um, so my question is then, as individuals, um, how do, you know, how do we resist these world forces? I mean, I kind of answered the question, but would you like to add to that? How do we well, resist? Well, there is a promise. There is a promise in 1 Corinthians 10:13, and it says, No temptation has overtaken mm-hmm. you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful, mm-hmm. who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with a temptation will provide the way of escape also, that you may be able to endure it. Mm-hmm. So if we keep yeah. close to him... He will give yeah. us the way, yeah. and he will give us his Holy Spirit to guide us. Well, and if we're brought before the judge, don't worry about what you say for the Holy Spirit. You don't want to resist evil, you know, in the sense that if people come to take you away from your house, you know, what does it do to kill one or two of them? It just, it just violates God's way. Mm-hmm. So and it doesn't win any witnesses. It doesn't, it doesn't make a statement for Christ. Mm-hmm. But if you do not resist and you let the Holy Spirit, he said, you know, don't practice mm-hmm. what you're going to say before the courts of this world mm-hmm. because my Holy Spirit is going to put the words in your mouth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, you That's know, really called so walking in the Spirit. We, we don't want to resist. What we want to do is we want to testify because if mm-hmm. you look in the book of Revelation, there are three times it is emphasized that the ones who bear testimony to Jesus and keep the commandments of God these are the ones who are victorious. So yeah. the testimony to Jesus in our body, in one place it says who testify to Jesus in their body, which means what? It means that we're walking in that way. We have to yeah. walk in that way. We can't testify to Jesus and go and, and pray upon our neighbor, steal his goods or, or steal his wife. That's not testifying to Jesus. We have to well, testify to Jesus in our body. We have to walk in his way. Even the Lord said to Paul, he says, I, I, he's bringing him to Rome to testify 
um, he he needed Paul to to be a witness in Rome and to testify there. So through the hardships, Paul was brought there to testify. So I think we have to not. It, it says they overcame Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Now, so yes. God has got a bigger plan in mind here than just us, you know, hiding out or you know whatever. I mean, God will give us protection, wisdom. Um, and also, I believe in the last day, those who know their God will do exploits. I'm not sure what that all means or looks like, but um, there's 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 much yet to come, but not for those who are cowards. Uh, and God has got to give us all grace. But the, going back to the eating the word, it's got to be that. But going now, I'm going to ask another question. Well, we have what to, about, you know, live courageously. I think you you just hit the nail on the head because, for example, our one of our guests tonight, Doug Millar has been very courageous in blowing the whistle on some very diabolical things going on around the world with a lot of pedophilia and so mm-hmm. forth. And so people have to be, are just going to have to be courageous. And courageous, you know, and please, I hope everybody in the, in the listening audience can remember this. Courageous does not mean you are not afraid. Mm-hmm. Courageous means you move in spite of your fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That you move forward, you bear Obedience. testimony in spite of being afraid. Even mm-hmm. Paul confessed he was afraid. Everybody mm-hmm. who's honest would confess that they fear certain things. Mm-hmm. Well, they but overcame. it's not a question of whether you're afraid. It's a question: Are you willing to go and move and 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 continue in spite of your fear? That's courage. That's right. That's, that's exactly right. Courage. That's a good. That's a very good point. Let me ask a question, if I could. This sure. took, uh with uh, Crusade Radio. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's the question for you, and we've spoken about this before, uh, Bruce. You said uh, not to pick up a gun and shoot whomever comes through the door. Um, what about the Nephilim? Well, I think that that's a very good point, Jim, because what we want to look for is the higher power that will stop them. And, and I think Ephesians chapter 6 gives us some insight into the possibility that you could exercise a superluminal power that God could pour through you. For example, a breastplate, a breastplate of righteousness that would repel burning missiles mm-hmm. or a sword of truth that would be like, a, in a sense, even though it is a, on one level it's the word, but on mm-hmm. another level, like the breath of Christ comes and devours and actually kills the man of lawlessness. So I think we can look to the higher power of God if we're really dealing with Nephilim, uh, and it's it's that's that's another whole issue. And yeah. yes, if we're talking physical Nephilim and not part of uh, this plan, I think you you open up another whole area of of dialogue that that has to make the question uh, more answer possibly more open. So you're talking I will not about the Nephilim. You're talking about the. Um, uh, angel-human hybrids, uh, um, is, is that what you're talking about? Just for the sake of the audience, kind of define Nephilim, please. Yeah, Jim, if you want to give the audience your, your, you know, your specificity on that, I think that'll help them. Okay, um, the Nephilim were the giants which were born by the first witches of this planet, which were the women who were taken by the sons of God as their wives when they transformed into human bodies and the Nephilim were born of the women and became giants uh, mm-hmm. on this on this earth and their return and their their gene manipulation through what some people consider UFOs has already begun 
and um, the fear that's derived, according to the Bible, the fear that men's heart will stop in fear of, of mm-hmm. these things is because of these things coming upon the earth and coming against us. And our military has uh, specified that they're very fearful of uh, these things and that they are aware of these things. Hmm. Well, you know, I tell you what, it's kind of unbelievable what we might be looking at or having to face. But going back to um, what Marianne said, uh, Roman, uh, 1 Corinthians ten thirteen, God will not test us or tempt us above that he's able to keep us. Um, with every temptation, make a way of escape. Uh, what can we say? These are things no one has ever probably experienced or seen before, but um, nonetheless possible, very possible. Um, and the trouble is, I don't know if you can distinguish them from humans. Is that correct? Jim? Can you, disting- oh, okay. can, can you distinguish Did the we heat? lose him? Oh. I don't know. Did we lose Jim? <laughs> Where are you, Jim? How about you, Bruce? Can you oh, answer that question? Um, yes. Well, I think you, know, you can always discern things. Sometimes you need spiritual discernment, which is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So, but they can be discerned. Um, in, in, they may not occur in the same giant form, although many are saying they're going to come back again in the form of giants. I, th- I think this remains to be seen. Maybe that's Jim. Are you back? Hello? Hello? Okay. Uh, yes, I'm going yeah, to hook back, back up to Crusade Radio. I, I got a drop call here. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. we're just uh, thinking about uh, the discernibility of some of these creatures because I know that um, yeah. some people may have trouble yeah. telling who they're dealing with. So yeah, that was if it's a Marty's human being or a, or a look-alike human, and, and do these things even have souls? And that's the scary part for me. I don't even... I, not that it's my business, but, I mean, are there some humans out there that aren't human? <laughs> they look like humans. They're fe- functioning as humans, but are they human? Do they really have a God-breathed soul, or are they half-demon, half-human, and therefore, as you say, Nephilim? Um, what do you say to that? Well, if you, if you take a look at... Um Take a look at the description of when Abraham met the, the two angels, or even when uh, I was just, uh, looking at a documentary the other day on this, and even when um, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed, these angels came down and nobody differentiated them different than humans. Mm-hmm. So they will be in human guise because uh, the sons of man took human form and became uh, like flesh and blood on the earth, uh, although their powers far exceeded that, where they could blind the whole village, uh, as according to Sodom and Gomorrah. So they'll have unearthly powers, but uh, they'll be hard to discern. Mm-hmm. Very hard. Mm-hmm. Well, this is way, I don't know what to say about all this. I mean, I, I know it. I agree with pretty much what you're saying and where it's come from, the giants and all this stuff. It's all very... Uh, absolute possibilities but if we go back to and by the way um for our listeners um if you want to make a comment again we can give you the phone number here love to have you join us 347-215-8051-347-215-8051 um for you jim you know we could uh it sounds like you might want to tell us about your radio show and what you guys talk about and maybe some of our people will 
hook on to that and and your people as well. We archive all of our stuff at liferecovery.com uh, or truelightchurchmn.org. And so uh, people can catch these broadcasts and whatnot. Um, so back to you, Bruce, for a minute. Could you tell me a little bit more about Chrislam uh, and what does that yes, mean? Yes, let's talk about Chrislam because this is a this began with a lecture in 2009 that uh, that um, Rick Warren did with a large Islamic group in Washington D.C. I think it numbered something like 8,000 people, mm-hmm. and um, he talked about how we you know we worship the same God and therefore. We really need to work together and come together without division. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar statements about worshiping the same God have been made by Billy Graham and unfortunately other evangelists mm-hmm. who do not understand the origin of, of um, Allah and the origin mm-hmm. of, uh, of the Islamic religion. But as uh, Houston Smith, the great uh, comparative religionist from Berkeley said, Allah was a jinn in the desert. Uh, and when, when Muhammad was a young boy, Allah mm-hmm. was just one of some hundreds of gods in, mm-hmm. in the uh, Bedouin peoples, in the Arabic mm-hmm. peoples, and he was elevated to a certain status. Other research has shown how the Vatican was instrumentally uh, involved in the creation of Islam and the promotion of Muhammad with his uncle, and the creation of the Islamic religion to displace Judaism so that the, so the Vatican could control Jerusalem. Hmm. And, of course, what do we see now? We see now the Vatican is controlling Jerusalem, mm-hmm. and they have their designs to move this one-world religion, which is going to be very much... I want to share an interesting quote from mm-hmm. Joseph Smith mm-hmm. uh, that, that points out to this whole type of of, of uh, false religion with Jesus as a prophet, Joseph Smith once said, I will be to this generation a second Muhammad, whose motto in treating for peace was uh, the Quran or the sword. So it shall it be eventually with us, Joseph Smith or the sword. Hmm. Now this is the type of thing we're facing around the world, whether it's Muhammad or Joseph Smith or uh, a, a variety of others of this type of leadership that we are seeing the, uh, the power of the sword being used to, to bend people to a false religion. Right, right. And yeah. sadly, sadly, you know, I have so many good friends who are Mormons. I taught scripture to many Mormons, spent a lot of time in Utah. But mm-hmm. I do have to say that uh, some of their uh, doctrines are fatally flawed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, I feel that... It, you know, the organization has really misled people with a false form of, of uh, with that, without the truth, really a deceptive teaching of demons in some cases, and a very dark underbelly, the underside of the Mormon church going into demonic sacrifice uh, is, is, is well oh, substantiated wow. by tr- a true ought, who was mm-hmm. once a Mormon and nearly uh, nearly lost his life because of digging up some of the very dark side of the Mormon church. Mm-hmm. So we're facing powers and principalities that have taken over human minds, have taken over human organizations, and in some sense are now going to finally establish through those human organizations a world system that will mm-hmm. eventually bring in the Antichrist when, when Satan is cast from heaven. 
then we'll, you know, we'll have well, this wait. leadership with. I, I think, can you kind of um, explain Satan cast from heaven? Because Jesus already said he saw Lucifer as lightning, or Satan as lightning falling from heaven. What do you mean cast from heaven? Can you kind of explain that? Well, see, Jesus, Jesus can speak from eternal time, so he can see things in, in, that may have a future moment for us, but he can already see them uh, mm-hmm. as a present or past event. It is a done event because there is an eternal moment in which Satan does not exist in eternity, uh, whereas, uh, and there's a temporal moment in which he comes down to earth. Now, we know the temporal moment that he comes down to earth, because here it is. I'm going to give it to you right now. Mm-hmm. Chapter 11. Chapter 11. Um, let's see. Chapter 11, we see the kingdom is handed over. To oh, wait, which, which, to which book are you in? Revela- Revelation chapter oh. 11. We see okay. the kingdom at the end of chapter 11. We see the seventh angel blows his trumpet, and then, and then a loud voice is in heaven saying, the kingdom of the world did become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will rule as king forever and ever. And at that time, then, chapter 12, we see that the dragon uh, no longer had a place found in heaven, uh, chapter 12, verse 8 and verse 9. So down the great dragon was hurled, the original mm-hmm. serpent, the one called devil and Satan who is misleading the entire inhabitant earth, he was hurled down to the earth, and his angels were hurled down with him. And I heard okay. a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come to pass the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. So that is an okay. event that from our standpoint in time, where we stand in time in, in the temporal flow of events, is still in the future for us. Well, you know, I guess these things can kind of be technical, difficult. How about something like this? I believe that the prince of the power of the air is already here, whether it's an influence or he works through demons or world systems or world leaders or, you know, the food we eat. But here's the difference. This is very important, Margie. Here's the difference. From where he is in heaven, he is the prince of the power of the air. When he's cast to heaven, he's given the mind of a man. When he's cast to earth, he's given the mind of a man. So he's no longer got that broadcast, and this greatly empowers the saints. The elect will be greatly empowered because they will have uh, a greater ability to persevere with divine power in the Holy Spirit. They will no longer have that uh, broadcast of Satan. And other people who see the witness will no longer be controllable on that type of frequency. They'll be controllable physically. They'll be able to be threatened. They'll be able mm-hmm. to be tortured. They'll be able mm-hmm. to be cast out. But they, won't. they will no longer be the prince of the power of the air. So their mm-hmm. mind will not be so subject to his uh, broadcast. And that's very well, important. So, well, here's a question. Now, there's, I've heard it said that there's three heavens. There's the, the heaven that we have here with the airplanes and the birds flying. That's first heaven. Second heaven is where the enemy, Lucifer, uh, the dragon, whatever, dwells now. And then, of course, the third heaven where God is, and that's not where the dragon is right now, correct? The dragon is in the second heaven where the prince of the power of the air would be dwelling now. Then he's cast down to, the, down to earth, which is where we are. Is that kind of what you're saying? Well, I think that, uh, yeah, we know there are many heavens. Certainly Paul mentioned being taken to the third heaven. 
Uh, and we, uh, but there are heavens beyond that because the place where Jesus sat down on the, in, in the true Sabbath, in the eternal Sabbath, where he's sitting and resting at the right hand of the Father, that uh, from which he is Lord of the Sabbath, and w- one of the reasons why it's good to connect our Sabbath with that eternal Sabbath. But in any event, um, I th- the, you know, the, he- the ancient Hebrews uh, basically delineated something like seven heavens. Mm-hmm. So I think that these are questions that we don't want to stay too much in speculation because without our own personal experience, we won't be very good witnesses right. if we say there are three heavens or if we say there are right. seven heavens. Right. But let's just say and that the Bible, the Bible is very clear that there are many heavens. I mean, that yeah. much we know because it's always well, plural in the Old Testament. It's always I, plural yeah. in the New Testament. Well, I think yeah. it says think that in my father's house there are many mansions, and if it was not true, I, wouldn't, I would tell you so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of all alludes to That's that. a good way. Well, you know, the thing is, um, going back to the chrysalum and the gathering together, Rick Warren's kind of a, a, a poster child or a Pied Piper for this, um, I would imagine, for this unity or this coming together. Um, well, how do you see... And Glenn, Beck, and Glenn Beck, I don't want to, you know, okay. I know a lot of people like Glenn Beck. He's done some good journalism, but mm-hmm. um, he has, you know, people need to observe that if people are going to take positions on this, and mm-hmm. it look, and it, it does appear that he seems to be either a convert to Chrislam or a strong exponent or proponent mm-hmm. of Chrislam. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see some big leaders coming out now and pushing for Chrislam, especially as tension tensions grow between the Islamic and Christian worlds, and Chrislam could be a solution to terrorism from many people's perspective, if you follow yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think yeah. that's what people want. They want, first of all, they're traumatized into believing uh, all the terroristic threats, and then they're thrown, here's our solution. We're going to have unity, Chrislam. Uh, so we're going to have peace now, peace and safety. So participate. Um, don't rock the boat. Don't, you know, give us your little two cents worth on Jesus Christ. Just get involved uh, and so that we can have peace, because I think it's going to be peace at any price which is including the price of freedom and truth. Um, but again, I, I really don't think a whole lot of people are looking at these things with that kind of depth. I think we're still at the place of, you know, we've got a lot of people out there still talking political stuff, um, you know, Republicans, Democrats, change the government, patriots. I mean, I'm a, you know, I love, you know, I love America, et cetera, et cetera, but I don't know if there's any way, I personally I don't believe it, but can you talk to the question of is there any any hope, is, is there any other way to bring peace and safety to America, restoring us back to, you know, I don't know, the greatness no, that we thought we had? absolutely not. Here's the thing. Marianne said it already. She read that beautiful part. Well, uh, is, I give you my really. peace. I give you my peace. My, you know, not peace of the world, not such as the world gives, but my peace. So we're either going to get true peace or we will have a false peace. And, and already in the <laughs> Old no Testament freedom. prophets, God was very clear by saying that there, many will say peace, peace, but there shall be no peace. There will be no but peace until the kingdom of God is established. Okay, Jim, what's you, what you trying to say? There is one other way. There is what? a way. And God told us how that way is. If everybody in the world instantly turn from their sin, turn to God, yes. everything, yeah, that's it. That is, that's no, it. That, is a, that is the way. Now, that's what, 
Now, we have an example of that, and Jonah was not very happy about it. Mm-hmm. But Nineveh is the example that mm-hmm. of exactly what Jim is saying. It could mm-hmm. happen. But the problem is we're dealing with the book of Revelation that has already been seen because it, it, it's been seen. Jesus Christ unfolded it, and he said, these are the things that will take place. Yeah. So we have against that solution, which uh, Jim is Jim Cook is absolutely right. That is the only solution. But against that solution, we have the words of Jesus Christ saying that these other things are going to take place. And the only reason he's saying that is because they're not. People are not going to do what Jim is suggesting should mm-hmm. be done, yeah. which is what should be done. Everybody well, should turn their hearts to the Lord, and it would be done. And yeah. also Jesus said, you know, in the parable of the Good Shepherd in John 10, Truly I say to you, the one who does not enter by the door into the fold of the mm-hmm. sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief yep. and a robber. And yep. these people are trying to climb up some other way. Yep. Right. And But I think back to what Jim is saying, it, each individual has to make peace with God, and that comes through repentance, which means to change your mind, um, stop believing the lies, confess your sins, come back to the Lord, and become obedient, abiding in him, submitting to Jesus Christ, accepting his, his salvation the way he has prepared it for us and not uh, trying to do it on our own. I think we're going back again. All of these people want to do it their way. They want to do it without yes. repentance. They want to you know, you know, make a one world wonderful uh, for their own inhabitation, for their own habitation, without or, or, or you know coming up some other way like you're suggesting and not coming through the door everything anything but the door of jesus christ um and, see, and that's what makes Satan is really cagey to have all of these ministers create baggage for people with christ and the name of christ and mm-hmm. his word because when mm-hmm. people turn away from a church they usually turn away from the word they turn away from christ and so they well, don't yeah. even have an opportunity to know who their creator really is mm-hmm. and who is the son of the father you know they just my prayer would be that prayer that uh, paul speaks in ephesians is may the eyes of your heart be enlightened Mm -hmm. so that you may know the hope of his calling Mm -hmm. and the greatness of his strength Mm -hmm. and his power because that's what we need to come into is is eschew all the crap of the world all the institutions and organizations there might be good people in those and that's great but in terms of overarching institutions they have to fall because they have to stay true to their mission which in turn has them go against that very mission so that they can survive financially so satan just really did a great job you know Mm -hmm. building all these churches and having all these factions and all these warring thoughts around christ just get back to the word go in Mm -hmm. read it say okay you know christ without the baggage generic yeah. jesus you know help well, you know, me understand what is the truth and who am i in you yeah. and and then the truth can come to you i personally you know now, getting back to what you said margie about is there any way for this nation here's the the final word from paul in first corinthians 10 20 and 21 no but i say that the things which the nations sacrifice they sacrifice to demons and not mm-hmm. to god Mm-hmm. And I do not want you to become sharers with the demons. You cannot be drinking the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot be partaking of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. This is what we have with the nations, and that includes this this attempt 
to make Allah God, uh, to make Allah the same God as the, as mm-hmm. the God of Jesus Christ, is basically preparing a table of demons and a cup of demons that's being served right. out by a new world church. A new world order, new world church, yeah. And, and you know, yeah. what you come into agreement with, whether it's what you eat, what you join within worship, however you participate, whether it's the music you listen to, the movies you go to, whatever you come into agreement with, you, you, you give your authority and permission to that thing to take your power because a spiritual warfare is all about agreement and authority. So Satan can get us to agree with this kind of you know mingling, mixing and mingling of truth and error. That's basically the bottom line on the devil's plan. Divide and conquer and mix and mingle truth with error He's got the people. But one of the things I find interesting is that a lot of people will come and say, you'll kind of confess sheepishly, well, you know, I'm not going to church anymore. I dropped out of church. And the thing is, I think that's great for most people. I think that's the first step to... uh, As long as they don't throw Christ out with the bathwater, as long as they don't throw the word out. Here's the deal. Here's the deal. As they're dropping out of church, I think it's our job to help them to find them and to encourage them and to get them instructed in the word and in the right, rightly dividing the word according to the word itself. So, yeah, it's not a good thing. And just on that note, which is kind of an interesting, definite little bunny rabbit, bunny trail here, you notice how the people who are dropping out of church, they've been doing it for a decade now, and they're kind of congregating in all of these music festivals and all these pagan festivals. It's kind of almost like a resurgence of what we saw in the 60s and 70s with the hippies and all that, they were sick of the establishment as well. Now, these people are out there floating around, you know, mixed up, doing drugs, but they're open for conversation. So, you know, it, it's an opportunity, um, again, to go into the harvest field, and I think that's kind of another thing that the Christians should be doing right now. Rather than trying to stop this, as we talked earlier, we're not going to stop this thing. We can just rejoice that Jesus is coming back and he could be here. And from, you know, I'm not going to set the date, obviously. I have my own ideas and I don't think it's going to be too terribly long. But um, we should be about our Father's business, which means saving souls, right. making you know, followers of Jesus. So we've got plenty of work to do. But we don't do want to slow this down because stay open. <laughs> yeah. for the sake of the elect, for the sake of the elect, God is going to shorten these days. Mm-hmm. And that's what he's written in the word. He's going to shorten these days for the sake of the elect. Mm-hmm. So the fact of the matter is that we do not want to see this thing stopped. We want to or see it proceed out. with God's speed according to God's timing mm-hmm. because he has to show the failure of Satan's program. Yeah. And it's a lie. It, it leads to death. Because he mm-hmm. showed Moses and Moses laid it out before the Israelites. He said, here, I place before you life and death, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. good and evil. So yeah. you have to choose. Choose this day whom you will well, serve. You so are we choose. going to choose life? Are the people on this planet going to choose life or death? And that is a big question, and it is not one that I think is quite yeah. the answer. Of well, here's the problem. Obvious. Here's the problem. It's not, you know, you think it's quite obvious, but I don't think they think it's quite obvious because life to them looks like, the life they've known, which is, you know, partying and peace and prosperity and, you know, whatever. Um, oh, yeah. No, what I'm saying looks, is obvious is that they're not going to choose. It's not going to be that easy for people to choose life. That's what I'm saying. Because the life that we're, that's really life is really a path to death yeah. in a lot of ways. 
And mm-hmm. so people are because people are built on uh, based on basing every decision they make on appearances, on logic, on pros and cons, on you know all that reasoning. And Jesus said, "Why are you reasoning in your heart?" Because that was they were drawing wrong conclusions. But uh, we are tending to use our soul, which has been programmed basically by the devil, the body of death, you know, um, to make a decision rather than walking in the spirit. And walking in the spirit is a little bit more nebulous, too. So, um, but, you know, one more question. Well, we've got probably a few more questions. Well, let's finish that off because you've got it right. And this is the problem with this definition of life in this world, this biological Mm -hmm. definition of life, rather Mm -hmm. than the... Christ's definition of life, which he says, I am the life. Yes. So then mm-hmm. he is our life. When he, when he appears, we shall be like him. Yeah. And, and we will know what our life, because he is our life. So in the, in the tribulation period, in the years of the affliction and the endurance, the seven years of the tribulation period, mm-hmm. when it, once it starts, people will either, in a sense, either die physically or die spiritually. The people that are willing to lay down their life for others and who understand that their life is spiritual, that the flesh is of no use, mm-hmm. those people will, will, will gain their life. The people that try to defend themselves and protect their food and protect their goods, those people may lose their life, their spiritual life. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's an important distinction to make. Which would you rather keep, your spiritual life or your physical life? And Jesus said he who seeks save his life will lose it and he loses it for my sake to keep it and so we understand too that the struggle to be a believer to follow jesus even all along has been you know you see the injustices you see the 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 blacklisting you see the uh favoritism of the the people of this world who are following the the devil rewards his followers with um the best of everything and the people who really love god you know of whom the world is not worthy they are they're already suffering tremendously, and that's why I think a lot of people don't want to be believers because they know instinctively that you follow Jesus, you get ostracized, you get you know you get the scraps. But that's okay yeah. because that it, it, that's not what this is all about right now. This is all temporary. And um, uh, but but one yeah. more question I have, you know, when we have to make these discernments, and you're giving us a couple of names of people, and I'm sure you could add a bunch more to the list and. Probably some of our people would know them. Probably some of our people would know not know them. But when you're making a decision to, to say this person says this and that, how do we distinguish between what Jesus said to do with um, discerning, you know, by, by, their, by their fruits you shall know them, discerning, discernment, and, um, or discerning of spirits, and judging? Um, are, are we judging? Well, this people? is the thing. We do not need to judge anyone because Jesus already said that his words... He is not. He will not judge because his words will judge people. Mm-hmm. So, and those are the words of the Father. So, mm-hmm. what Jesus Jesus only taught what he was taught by the Father. So, mm-hmm. his words will stay and, and be the judge. So, we don't. You know, our judgment counts nothing. But discernment is another matter. Well, and I think whether too, something is good or evil means yeah. to. to basically put on the mind of Christ and to yeah. understand God. We need to know God and we need to grow up into the accurate knowledge of God. And if we have the accurate knowledge of God that the Apostle Paul talks about in Ephesians chapter 3 and actually several places in Ephesians, he talks about growing up into the accurate knowledge of God. So if we have that, it, then discernment is a matter of 
of knowing God and knowing what God has determined. Not ourselves to determining. Now, this is a problem we see in our society where people are determining what's good. They're saying, well, look, if you're intimate and you love one another, then whatever form of sexuality you choose is fine because that's, you know, God, God wants you to be happy and blah, blah, blah. Well, this is human logic. This is human reasoning. And it is not trusting God and it is not determining that God knows what he has created and why he has created it and why it's good. We need to instead turn around and trust God's word. This is again the serpent with Eve in the garden saying, no, it's okay, it's good. You know, you can determine what's good. God wants you to determine what's good because he wants you to grow up to be a God like himself. See, all of this, this is the kind of mentality that we're living with. This is yeah. literally what well, taking uh, spiritual is being broadcast. Our hands, making ourselves a God, yeah, it exactly. is being broadcast today. Yeah, and I think, you know, and, and some of these issues going back to, um, you know, this judging can not just, it's not just, you know, our leaders and names, people that we know, public figures and stuff that are being judged, if you will, or, or discerned, whatever, mm-hmm. talked about. But it's it's also um, Jesus himself, in the, you know, in his discussions with the Pharisees, he called them, you know, brood of vipers and whitewashed sepulchers. Yeah. And I mean, he was not nice, not nice no. uh, in his in his very accurate descriptions of what he was discerning was in their hearts here of your father, yeah. the devil. And he was that wasn't I think judging is different than discerning in that discerning yeah. is like naming what it is. You know, this is an evil tree. This is a this is a rotten apple. But that, judging the apple, judging the tree, would be like, okay, I'm going to chop you down. Now I can chop down my own apple tree and I'm fine. But if I I discern my neighbor's apple tree is rotten, and I go over across the fence and I chop his apple tree down, that's judging. And I don't believe we have the power to judge God's servants. That's God's job. So judging really becomes the job of the Lord. But I can discern. Um, I don't have to participate with this rotten apple. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to buy his information, his book. Uh, it, it's just, it's insidious out there what's going on. And um, it's scary, I think, in some ways to see how people are so easily sucked into it. But maybe as but it to call short. a person a minister of unrighteousness to call, is not necessarily to judge them. You're not judging. You're not saying you're going to hell. You're not yeah. saying yeah. that you're condemned. But you are speaking the truth. If the person is uh, yeah. proclaiming some other gospel, if he's taking the name of Jesus, right. but he's so denying stand up owner, for Jesus. you yeah. have the right to say that's a minister of unrighteousness. That is mm-hmm. an absolute lie. That's hogwash. I mean, here is, you know, as an example, one of these leaders who, who went as a, as a well-known, uh, very uh, big evangelist, uh, went to the event, this event with the Muslim leaders and he uh, called, he made all kinds of false uh, statements, including uh, uh, gathering everything under the God of the universe, and in, in, in basically uh, uh, identifying Allah with mm-hmm. the Father of Jesus Christ, uh, mm-hmm. in, in our Heavenly Father. So you know, if people are going to do that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't think that we should be soft and get into. Um, uh, you know, academic arguments and say, well, I suppose, yeah, it's all the same God. I mean, we can't miss the academic. We know the truth. And Jesus spoke the truth, and the prophets spoke the truth, 
and we have the record of Moses, we have the record of Jesus, and we have our own testimony in the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So we are obligated to turn around and judge the statements. We're not judging the souls. We're judging mm-hmm. the statements. We're, we're, we are discerning the truth, rightly dividing the word of truth. And uh, we can judge matters of this world. The well, you know, one of the, if we're going to judge couple, angels, why not matters of this world? But judging right. matters of this world does not say we're judging souls. Well, you know, Satan, one, of favorite, of this world. one of the favorite verses in the Bible that the enemy uses is judge not, lest you be judged. I think that's right. the second popular verse. It's the first one, maybe it's John 3.16, but judge not. And so anytime anybody says anything contrary to what you or that person wants to believe, um, they they're called judging. They're it's, they're they're yeah. judging someone, and so that then is, it cuts off any kind of right you have to speak out the truth against something or to declare. But I say this that um, what kind of what kind of life, uh, what kind of things does God expect of me in light of all these things? And I believe it is to stand for the truth. Not that we're going to go out and fight every war and create waves. We're going to be wise as serpents. Uh, as harmless as doves in our winning of people because it's all about winning souls. And, you know, a, a lot of times people just get overwhelmed with the information. But going back to just simple scripture, I think, is the best way to, because that scripture, the, the word of God, will speak to their spirits, will speak to their hearts, you know, uh, more than the latest newspaper article or something. But, um, yeah, again, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Well, Mark, I just yeah, want to say one thing about it. winning souls. Oh, yeah. go ahead, Marianne. Go ahead. Well, I was just thinking in terms of you know the armor of God uh, in Ephesians six, when He mm-hmm. says, you know, uh, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. Mm-hmm. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of the darkness against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the full armor of God that you may be able to resist the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand Mm -hmm. firm, therefore, having shod your feet with um, truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, Mm -hmm. taking up the shield of faith, which we were able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. I mean, that's a tall order. And I think it takes um, a lot of, you know, praying and silence and listening to what all of that means. You know, the Mm -hmm. breastplate of righteousness comes by Mm -hmm. believing God, like Abraham was righteous because he believed Mm -hmm. God and had faith and was called righteous. Well, you're right. It has a lot to do with listening and being quiet, and you just know yeah. that, that that's another strategy of the devil to keep people's so, their minds so yeah. saturated with music and the helmet, and noise, the helmet and of salvation. Well, and, yeah, and, and not knowing and if Yeshua, and Yeshua means salvation. Yeshua means salvation. So the helmet yeah. of salvation is the helmet of Jesus, which means it's the mind of Christ. You have to put on the mind right. of Christ. But well, you know, a lot of people who, don't. They lack assurance of their salvation because they're still believing it's based on good works and when they sin then they get all they they get all I think one of our guests is I think one of our do you have to leave uh, Doug? Yes well here's the thing I just want to you asked me to uh, suggest I make an announcement here this is Doug Millar we we have our program 
this first hour that we just did this first simulcast, normally we have Bruce and Marianne on our program, this first hour of our program, which is two hours, five days a week. And so I just want to encourage you people to listen to the second hour. I'll give you the uh, how you can listen to us. And we really appreciate a chance to uh, influence more people and get the, the Bruce and Marianne's a powerful message on Bible prophecy out to more people. So we appreciate a chance to do this simulcast this first hour. Mm-hmm. Our program is, I hope you all have pens and papers handy, crusaderadio.com. Crusaderadio.com. And you just go on the home page there, and up in the left-hand corner it says, Listen Live. Now, some people, for some reason, can't seem to be able to click on that and listen live. So we give you a free conference call number here. So please write this down. For this next hour, we invite you all to participate and listen. And this, the number is 712-432-1500. I repeat, 712-432-1500. And then you need this access code, which is Seven five two four four eight pound. I repeat, seven five two four four eight pound. And we look forward to doing a simulcast again with you next week. And uh, thank you for letting me make that announcement. You're so thank welcome. Thank you guys for coming. We really are grateful that you're yes, for joining us. Yes, and, and hi and goodbye to all your folks out there. Hey, um, Bruce, we're just about ready to wrap up, so let's talk about... Um, yeah, I want to I bring one thing in for Matthew before we wrap up, so let me, okay. let me mm-hmm. disconnect Bruce? myself. i got to disconnect from your Thank call you. there, uh, Doug. Thank you. Okay, Bruce, okay. Nice. Okay. bye. Bye. <laughs> we're connected okay. and disconnected. You, and <laughs> Bye-bye. Good night. Go Bye. ahead. Okay, good evening, folks. This is uh, yes. Doug Moore. We're back on for the second hour. <laughs> we got a little taste okay. here, so. um Yeah, what were you going so to say to I wanted to finish one little thing you said in terms of saving souls, but I just want to remind everybody that only the souls that are saved are the ones that the Father brings to Christ. So our job, according to Jesus, if we listen to Matthew 28, go therefore and make disciples of people mm-hmm. of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And look, I am with you all the days until the conclusion of the eon, or the conclusion of the system of things. So we have to take the ones that God has called to Christ, and Christ has breathed in the breath so that they are newly born sons of God. And we just take those newly born sons of God and make them into disciples. Mm. And the way we make them into disciples, besides baptizing them, we must teach them to observe all the things that Jesus has commanded us. Mm -hmm. So I think this is a very critical thing because we are in the disciple-making business. And so that, in the thrust of tonight's show, this Mm -hmm. is very critical before we get to your final questions because... You know, we have to teach people discernment. How can you tell? How can you tell that this new world religion that sounds so good, that talks of peace and unity, and everybody, you know, and this one who quoted John 17:21, that we will all be one in him, how can you argue against that? 
And you have to be able to discern. You have to have this higher gift of the Holy Spirit of discernment and your mm-hmm. own knowledge and insight of God's word and be able to show people that something can be misused, that Satan can quote scripture, that he can manipulate scripture and, uh, right. and, and lie even if it sounds like the truth. Right. Well, I agree. So I agree that there's, um, you know, but I also know that uh, God is not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance, and um, all those that he foreknew he called. So obviously the Lord God is calling them, and it is our job to, like you said, instruct, encourage, disciple what God is doing. And and I think one of the devil's favorite tricks is to to create a a lack of assurance uh, in people and then also question their salvation, because if that's still in question, you have no authority, you have no confidence you don't know that you're loved, and that this is the big issue: is love. Love is the remedy for fear on every level. But um, you know what? We're just about out of time. So, do you guys want to? Um, let's pray about maybe doing another show together. Maybe I don't know if you guys are what the topic would be next week. If you wanted to um, continue on on these topics or expand a little, you've kind of piqued my interest on in some of these more. Deep uh, things well, like know, that with the, Daniel. The whole movement this last two months, the, the work in Jerusalem, the work in the uh-huh. Vatican. Mm-hmm. I just think it is a hot topic because it involves everybody's faith. But it's a hot yeah. topic because the powers of this world and the and the adversary hierarchy behind them mm-hmm. are putting all their they're, they're putting a lot into this project right now. Yeah, they are awful lot. Yeah. So I think it's critical, and I I, I you know. It, well, let's do we it again next week. We'll come up with the title and we'll um, talk about some more of this um, moving towards the unity of the One World Church, uh, Chrislam, uh, and, and probably by next week at this time, who knows, there'll be 25 more major developments. And how do we respond? You know, I think your question, yeah. you always ask the question, Margie, that how should we respond? How do we <laughs> resist? How do we, yeah, we just, live? Yeah, we don't have to use the word resist, but we can. What we can say instead is, how do we bear witness in the midst of this abomination of desolation? Yes, and exactly. It, well, it, that's it's definitely an abominable definitely. religion, and we yeah. will bear witness, and we bear witness yeah. to the truth with the sword of well, truth it's and the critical. whole thing Mary had read from Ephesians chapter six. That will be part of our witness. Yeah. Well, let's prepare ourselves, and next week we'll talk some more about the. Um, what God would have us do in these days and how to prepare our people, ourselves, uh, through his Holy Spirit preparing us, of course, and uh, addressing these things. And even, I think, um, the information, um, understanding it, uh, knowing what they're doing helps us to focus on what we are also doing and the, the days that we're living in. So, guys, thank you so much for joining us tonight. And um, if you have any final goodbyes or anything, how about just, Shouting at us right now with your final um, greeting and, or greeting or whatever blessing Marianne, benediction. Final, Marianne, final word, and I'll maybe say a little blessing. Yes, just uh, keep your heart open and pray that the veil be lifted from your eyes and your ears, and turn to Christ and to know His Word. Amen. And gracious Lord, you taught us through our Savior. He can open the eyes to see, unlike the adversary who is the god of this world who is blinded, mm-hmm. the eyes of the people from seeing the luminous radiance of your divine image in Christ. But we have seen him as the day spring rising in our hearts, 
And that is why even this abominable religion is in a way part of the good news because it is showing us the counterfeit and showing us that indeed we are right in following the true path of Christ. Mm. You are showing us, Father, that we have chosen the right path because this is the good news that ends in life. All other news ends in death, but this is the good news. This is your gospel, the power of salvation to all who believe and through their belief, through their faith, follow the way of righteousness. Those who will follow the Lord as true disciples, those who will do what he asks them to do. And so we pray that you also open our ears, Father, that not only our eyes, but our ears to hear the voice of Jesus so we do not are not drowned out by the voice of the adversary, the prince of the air broadcasting day and night. But we hear the voice of Yeshua, who's calling us to faithfulness so that our faith will be active in works of love, in works of righteousness. Our faith will be active in great sacrifice. And we'll put our lives on the line to bear witness to the truth, to the true bread of heaven, and that we will reject the bread of leaven and the leaven of the Pharisees. We will expose the leaven of the Pharisees. We will expose that this whole lump, this whole, the leaven has filled this whole lump, and now it is good for nothing but the fire. But the good remnant you shall save, Father, the remnant in each time of this movement into the time of tribulation. To all this good news, we rejoice that you called us to share on the airwaves and to show that your Christ and your voice is very much alive in this world in our time. For which we say, Amen and Amen. Amen. Yes, and thank you guys for joining us tonight. And I just want to just do a little um, P.S. on the end of this. Jerry was not with us tonight. He had to fulfill another obligation. Uh, hopefully he'll be with us next week. And just to just for you guys listening out there, listening in the archives, we hope you get a chance to take this in. Um, some of the stuff we're talking about may be hard for you to hear. It might be new. It might be stuff that you don't know if you agree with, whatever. And, you know, if it's the Word of God, it's the Word of God. Rightly divide it and let the Holy Spirit lead you in that. Um, some of the other things might be conjecture or opinion. Uh, nobody knows for sure every part of this. So, you know, we just ask you to take that with a grain of salt. And we're so excited about living in these days. And as you said, even so, come Lord Jesus and um, come quickly. Amen and good night. Amen. Thanks, Marjorie. Thanks, Marjorie. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.